It's Bianca Del Rio, and I'm here with another episode of the Bianca Del Rio podcast. And today I'm stoked for our guest. He's an artist, athlete, and activist. Actually, you know, he's a combination of all three, Mr. Adam Rippon. We had a great chat about his life, career, and all the amazing things that he's accomplished at the ripe old age of 30. Yeah, 30, and he's retiring and going to sit in the pastures, create television shows, write books, and marry a man from Finland. What the fuck am I doing wrong? So tune in and listen to our little chat that's starting now. So here we are again with another episode of the Bianca Del Rio podcast. And I usually say I'm excited about a guest, but today I really kind of mean it, you know, because it gets <laughs> to that point when you see you get to talk to a lot of people and you're like, oh, I'm excited. But this is a gay that I know is my kind of gay. So I'm quite excited to have with us today the brilliant Mr. Adam Rippon. Rippon. Wait, is it Rippon? Rippon. I'm always fucked up with this. Is it Listen, as Rippon? Long as you... There we go. Why yeah, do I say Rippon? Rippon. Yeah. Rippon. You know, it, it all works, you know. Good. Well, you're it like me. Works. You're like me. Everyone asks me now, like, what are my pronouns? What do I go by? And I just say clown, cunt, bitch. That's usually just what I go by. It's the yeah. easiest for me. And that's how they announced me at the Olympics. They said, <laughs> representing the United States of America, clown, cunt, bitch. And I went out there and yeah. I knew exactly what they meant. Yeah. But but let's be honest here. When we're talking about figure skating, it is basically drag on ice. I mean, it's it is totally. serious drag on ice. And I'm curious, you know, do you find what's what's harder? Was it was it growing up gay or being a professional ice skater? What is really the hardest? Because, I mean, both of them involve lots of training. Uh, both of them. <laughs> Uh, yeah. deal with lots of acceptance uh, and, and being out in the world and putting yourself out there. What did you find most challenging? Um, you know, like being a figure skater, I think the the one thing that's f- I always found really like interesting and loved about skating was that like, even though you only have like a few minutes when yeah. you're out there on the ice by yourself, like those few minutes you have to prove like who you are and show who you are. And I think like when I was younger, I was just trying to do like what I thought people wanted to see. Yeah. And I think when I got older, I really realized that like being a really great performer and being a really good competitor, like when you were showing exactly like who you were and what you wanted to present to the world, like that's when I I was my best. And I think that's when everyone is their best, when they really can just like wear who they are out on their sleeves, out on the ice, like it, it's just yeah. all out there. And I guess, I mean, you started so young. You started skating at 10 years old here. So we're not talking about a large range of time when you find yourself. (laughs) But let's say, I mean, because you're a child now. So it's kind of like, this is insane that so much has happened for you in this short period of time. Does that make any sense? And then the fact that you're like, hey, I'm retired now. I'm done with skates. I'm like, now you see, that's that's the dream. You know, I feel like I want to quit drag. I always said I wanted to quit drag at 40. And now I'm 40. I'll be 46 this year. Then I'm like, shit. I got to get this wrapped up. But are you 46? You'll be 46. 46. I'm old. 46 in June. Yeah. But it's that kind of a thing. I think in the back of my mind, I'm like, maybe I would retire. What brought you to that point? Were you just like, hey, I'm done with this phase of my life? Or are you into coaching? Are you into, you know, the other side of uh, figure skating now? Well, when I um, when I competed in the games in 2018, I was 28. 
and um, a child, a child, twenty eight, ba- infant. I had like birth fluid on me still. So, and um, <laughs> kinky, kinky bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and my teammates, though, like in in the men's event, were seventeen and eighteen, and so like oh, oh. for for me to be like twenty eight was very like very I was really lucky to be like in great shape because like yeah. it's really a lot of young kids. Yeah. Um and I was the oldest first time Olympian in figure skating since like the nineteen twenties. Oh wow. Which, you know, believe it or not, was actually a while ago. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, I remember. But it is kind of it is kind of crazy to me. I guess I guess it's kind of like the ballet world, you know, uh, that it's just one of those things where they train them so young, and then when they mm-hmm. get to a certain age, it's, it's it's over. But did you you decided you said, hey, I don't want to compete on this level anymore. You still skate though, right? I mean, you're still out there doing it. You're just like, I don't think I want to do this. I mean, well, uh, it's just like you know, when I started skating, like what the, the level of like what was expected of us technically was so different than what's happening now like it was never even in the realm of what I thought would be like possible so it it just had it technically skating had like moved beyond what I was doing yeah um but you know my favorite part of it was always the performing so I was always really good at that and I think that's what helped keep me like relevant for a, a longer time and like into my late 20s I also think what's been great about your story, too, is just being, you know, without getting schmaltzy, because we never like to do that on the show, but it's just that thing where, you know, you were out, you were gay, you're, hey, this is where I am, this is what I'm doing, this is what I feel, and I think that's commendable, you know? It wasn't some big preachy moment, it wasn't some big awkward moment, you're like, honey, this is what I'm doing, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm performing, and I think that is great and shows such strength, you know? And it's it's great for all of us to see a 28-year-old guy out there hanging with the 18-year-olds and kicking their ass i mean that's that's pretty good it's pretty good you know you know like when i i think one of the things that was really helpful was because i was older and not only that like it was my first olympics so yeah i had like i was an alternate in 2010 and then i didn't make the team wasn't an alternate in 2014 and so at that point like i'd almost all of the my friends in skating had either gone to the olympics medaled or or had won and I realized that, like, it really didn't change anything. So yeah. by the time I got to go, I realized it was just this, like, trip that you take. It's just a yeah. trip. It's like everyone that you know is going to be there. And it's just the same people. Nothing is different about it. And so really? when I could go and I competed, um, you know, it was just, I was like, I just want to have the best experience I can, yeah. which meant, like, I had to be in really good shape because I have a big fucking mouth. And I knew yeah. I was going to be, like, saying, like, whatever I wanted because I wanted to, like, you know, laugh along with everyone. But I knew yeah. that if I didn't skate well, like, I wouldn't be taken seriously and I'd be, like, yeah. a joke. So I made sure I was in the best shape of my life. Uh, I'd never been thinner. Okay. And um, I, oh, I, I just mean- could... I mean, that's, I guess that's the question. It's like, so what goes into that training uh, thing? I mean, obviously you need to be thin to be light, to fly in the air and flip and twirl and do all that in your heels. But it's just kind of wild (laughs) that I go, what goes, what what goes into that process for you to do that? I mean, uh, do you say, is it like a six month thing or is it, is an eight month thing where you're like, or, or, or you don't even have that much time? Is it just complete diet and, and, and exercise until you go? Uh, is, is that the craziness there? Like the craziness of it is that like for us to qualify for the team isn't just um, in one event like prior to the games. It's yeah. like a, it's a series of events and like you have to build up a pedigree over the like two to three years before. OK. And so they then will like look at what at like basically your track record of how you've mm-hmm. competed and how you've been scored and how you've skated the last few years. Yeah. Um, 
And so, of course, like within a season, like when you're training, there are times when you're like in better shape uh, yeah. and in times where you just like, you know, you, you just can't be at peak shape all the time or you're like, you'll crack. Right. Um, and so like by the time like I was like getting like at Olympics and a few months before, like I was very lean. Yeah. I was like in great shape. And um, I just was like pushing it to a limit that like I could only maintain for probably like three months. Yeah, because you know your body, you know what's going on, and you're saying, hey, this works for me for now, in this moment, in this time. And I guess that, 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 I mean, mentally, that must fuck with your head. I mean, like, the idea of going out there on the ice, I I, I mean, I can nowhere near compare, but I'm saying, like, if I'm in a different city and just the travel alone and getting there, getting acclimated, getting, you know, adjusted, doing sound check, (laughs) I'm trying to compare my job to the Olympics. No, it's super similar. It (laughs) is. To the Olympics. (laughs) Did you see what I just did there? Oh, yeah, because it's very challenging for me no i mean in general <laughs> is that it's like it's got to be the pressure of pressure and then you physically have to move and make this magic happen you know on the ice you've done it a million times hopefully to rehearse it and feel it and know it that that pressure must be kind of intense i would say i would say that it's like incredibly like scary and feels like um it just feels like it's so intense when I think about it in like retrospect. Yeah. Like if I, when I was there, I was just doing what I knew that I was like, I should be doing. Right. Um, but when I think back to it, I'm like, what an horrible, crazy fucking career choice where it's like yeah. you base like, uh, like your whole like income and like your livelihood on like what you do within a two minute period. Like, yeah, not a great choice. <laughs> Well, look who you're talking to. I'm doing <laughs> drag for a living, for Christ's sake. You think thought went into this shit? No. I mean, it's kind of wild. It's I always say it's like anal. Every now and then you're just in it, and you're like, how did I get here? So it's one exactly. of those things it's, that can be really tricky. Yeah. If but, you've said it once, you've said it a million times, skating is anal. Exactly. It is complete yeah. anal. Well, actually, skating has better costumes if they're into that. But So in this... <laughs> In this type of situation. I don't know better. Maybe sometimes more expensive. More expensive. Agreed. Yeah, because I'm sure. Now, how does that work for you? Do you you have to buy your own costumes? Do you design your own costumes? Or is it something that is, you know, part of the budget from your team? Is there a group of people that work with you? I mean, what are the specifics? Because, I mean, I've worked in costumes before and done um, for ice skating shows, but not necessarily for anything Olympic related. What is the process for that? Do you just totally the same as like drag like literally the same i think it's like you go to the olympics and you're like i'm going to drag race yeah so i need to spend twenty thousand (laughs) dollars i just read that article the other day yeah it's pretty Um, wild but notice the people that spent twenty thousand dollars are losers in life isn't that crazy i mean (laughs) it blows my mind they spent twenty thousand dollars to look like that what a dumb cunt like i can't imagine spending that much money to go on drag race but it also like you said about the olympics it was a different time when i did the Show, which was like you know seven or eight years ago we filmed so it's kind of weird now that everybody is spending all this money and and lavishly and they're all 18 year olds so it's basically just I mean, like the olympics basically it is it basically up. has turned into the olympics completely completely um, but like uh so like when i went to the like my my a friend of mine did all of my costumes oh great and so uh he would like come up with the design i'd go over to his house 
Um, and he'd be like, what do you think of this? Basically, the only criteria I gave him was that I wanted to, I wanted everything to be skin tight and I wanted to look a little like a slut. So like, oh, that was it. That's, so that's it was, easy. Yeah, so it was very easy. So yeah. I uh, basically was like, I just want to look like a giant whore among <laughs> 18 year old <laughs> children. And so that's the only thing I focused on. Cause like, if I was like, if I, you know, if my nipple comes out or something, it was just like, okay, it's like, that's what I was focusing on. I was focusing yeah. less on the competition. Oh, well, that's a great way to go. I mean, look, look that nipple showing on Janet Jackson, look what it did for her career. I mean, it's amazing. <laughs> it took off. You know, it took she off. She really literally. took off right literally. after that. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so I did them and, you know, my friend was doing them, but like, you know, from costumes and stuff, those fucking crystals are so yeah. god fucking expensive. Expensive, heavy, uh, cumbersome. You pray they don't fall off. I mean, like that kind of stuff on the ice, you've got to be really super careful with all of that. Yeah, and like when you skate, like, I don't, I'm sure like when you're up out on stage and you're like moving around, like I don't know how your like gowns fit or whatever. Yeah. But like I know in skating, like if anything wasn't skin tight, you could feel it like lift off your oh. chest and it was like so fucking annoying. So everything was like so fucking tight. But well, that's not bad. It all looks good, and and you know you won, so that's a good thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. You did what you were doing. That works. I mean, no nipple play, but that works out well. So I mean, so the whole process of this. So so here is this in your world. You know, you're you're ten years old from Scranton, Pennsylvania, and you're out there skating as a child, not knowing what your world's going to be. You end up in the Olympics. It's twenty eight years old. You're like, all right, I've had a good time. I'm done with this. But there's this whole other side to mm-hmm. the world now. It's like you know you're uh, a, a gay active a celebrity, a star, they all know you, <laughs> endorsements left and right. I mean, what's that side of the world like? Is it is it as interesting as you thought, or is it just all kind of crazy? Um, I would say that um, it's really comparable to, like, every everything is figure skating. Like, everything yeah. is, is, is sort of like, you know, um, when I was growing up, I always loved, um, like, being in front of people and sure. like making people laugh and I loved like entertaining people and um you know I I remember that like one of the things that I always was really motivated to do is like I wanted to do really well in competitions so that I could like travel and hang out with like my friends so Got when it. I was younger that was like a big motivation was like to do well just so that I could see my friends yeah um, and then when I was at the Olympics, it was like the first time where, you know, usually people just like kind of rolled their eyes at me and like laughed or whatever. But when I was at the Olympics, I was like saying all the same fucking shit I was saying all yeah. before. But it's just different. Like it's a different audience who's like watching. It's everybody. Yeah. Um, and so I got to like entertain a lot more people about uh, with like what I was saying. And I just I, I loved it so much. And so like post Olympics, I've gotten to do a lot more like entertainment things like comedy yeah. things. Um, I, I've gotten to work with a lot of am- amazing people. You, Michelle Collins, who is your first uh, who guest. I love I love yeah. I love the best. Michelle, the absolute best. So like I've gotten to meet and work with so many amazing people. But the funny thing is, is that like, just like in skating where it's, you know, it's judged, but there's a lot of it where you need to like really kind of self-promote yourself to be like, I deserve this. I should be here and 
all of that is like very similar to like this the skating element of it where it's like you you do all of this work for something that like lasts you know anywhere between two to six minutes so it's like all all of that behind the scenes work is super similar it's like you know if i could trick people into getting me on an olympic team i can trick people into anything (laughs) oh yeah spoken from you yeah that's good yeah (laughs) that's gonna be my next goal to get an olympic team no i think but i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that you were obviously already a well-developed well-rounded individual that went into this you know your expectations were simply i'm gonna go do the job and i'm gonna be myself slutty gay you know whatever you choose i think that's great and i think that maybe that's i guess when i look at uh olympics i really don't remember anyone that was memorable to me, you know, over the years. I mean, you know, every now and then there'd be something exciting. Uh, I think it was, what was her name? Namaguchi. I remember she would just flip and twirl and jump all around. Uh, right. But that was about, that was about the last time that I could say that I went, oh, I did, I know, you know, I never really was into the Olympics, especially the skating. And when it came on, it was great. It was exciting. But I never watched it religiously. So when you came along, I was like, well, look at Miss Thing twirling and feeling her <laughs> fantasy. I said, it's great, though. It's great, though, because, you know, this is the world. This is what it's about. You know, and if you're going to be gay, be good and gay. Give it to the kids, you know? That's Give what I Give it say. to the kids. Be Give good it. and gay. It's true. On my tombstone. Yeah. As you should. Now, you also, I mean, at this post-life of getting to this, you also wrote a book. You wrote a book in uh, 2019 that it actually came out, and it's called Beautiful on the Outside. Uh, mm-hmm. How did you come up with that? How did you come to that? When did you decide to say, hey, I want to tell my story? I think um, after when the Olympics were finished, I had obviously had a lot of like different offers to do different things. Mm-hmm. And um, one of them was to write a book. And I just thought it was like this. I thought it would be this really amazing, like therapeutic sort of experience where I could kind of just like sit down and go over all of the things that have happened in the last like 28 years of my life and like really sit down, think about them, relive them again so that it was, I was able to kind of move forward from it. Um, And uh, it was just, it was a great experience. So I obviously, I had no idea how to write a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I barely can write an email. So I don't (laughs) know how I thought I was gonna write a book. (laughs) Um, And so I I worked with a ghostwriter and I was like, maybe I'm just gonna do these series of interviews and like whatever. And I became really good friends with the ghostwriter. Um, His his name was Brian Moylan. He's an amazing uh, comedic writer and writer. And um, through that process, he really taught me a lot about writing. And it was, I then like really fell in love with it and I loved writing. And so we would just kind of go back and forth and we would edit things and I I really really enjoyed it and I was like a hundred percent involved in everything that was like in there and everything as I mean it was my book I should have been so I'm not not saying it like I'm an outlier (laughs) that's but do you think that no well it's great that you can then pick up with the writing situation that you're going hey I like this I'm enjoying this the process that you didn't expect can we expect more from you at some point some gay romance novels perhaps you know maybe maybe Maybe. that's what I'm gonna do as soon as this is finished um <laughs> as soon as this podcast is done, um, yeah, I. Uh, but after that, I uh, this past over the quarantine, I wrote a television show with another writer, yeah, and um, we sold it to NBC. So I've been working oh. on that, and we've been like going back and forth with like our script and everything. So I've really like I've really loved all the blossomed, writing stuff. blossomed, moving on to other writers. Well, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break, and we're gonna hear a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back with Adam Rippon.
we're back with Adam Rippon, and it's Bianca Del Rio here chatting, and we're discussing his new life in writing. He's moved on to several writers after book. He's got a new TV show that he is working on, which is pretty amazing. Um, you know, we haven't even mentioned that he was in a video with Taylor Swift, but that's a whole nother thing. What was <laughs> what was Taylor like? Um, Taylor was, uh, I mean, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, and, and meeting her, I mean, like, I for somebody who's, like, so famous and yeah. so good at what they do, she was so normal and she was so nice and she was just she was just everything that you would want her to be and she was that and she was just so great with everybody i just i i had as much as i was a big fan of her then i was i just got even i had even more respect for her after doing this video That's me good. being in this video for less than an instagram story honey honey, so honey, like, honey honey it's work it's work no <laughs> i think i think that's great cuz usually usually I, my biggest problem with with finding anybody or meeting anybody famous is usually their bullshit outweighs their talent you know what I mean? Totes, They're usually impossible. Yeah. But that's good to hear about her. And she's also Me, tall. Me, my she's bullshit a- is completely <laughs> outweighing. Oh, come talents. on. You're a writer now. A writer. <laughs> you are, you've got TV shows, honey. Wait, you, you know, got- I, I will say about to go back to like book writing. Yes. I remember um, I got your book. Oh, and God. I, um, y- I think you wrote on it like, I hope you do something good one day. Like, <laughs> And it was uh, honestly <laughs> the funniest thing I've ever gotten ever, ever. And yeah. I, I'll never. <laughs> Ever, well, I, that's a family heirloom now. Well, I, I'm glad you can enjoy it. I, I have to say though, I mean, you know, after the Olympics, it's all downhill. You know what I mean? It's all downhill for here. <laughs> Listen, you know? I've been tumbling downhill for Big three time. years now. Yeah. Oh God, no, no. But I mean, <laughs> here it is. You know, with, with, you've got this new show and and uh, that you're working on as well. But I think I've heard through the grapevine that you're a huge Drag Race fan and that you do keep up with the show. And 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 is that what you've been doing during quarantine? I'm just curious because I'm always fascinated. What has everybody been binge watching? Everybody always asks me. I don't I don't watch anything enough to care. So I'm always curious what you're doing. Are you picking up banana bread? Are you crocheting uh did you uh well i mean you've got a tv series you're writing for but in your spare time what were you binging on whether it be Um, people places or or television i mean i was into uh i was into drag race obviously over the quarantine i mean like when i was competing so like uh i got really into drag race i would say like i really enjoyed it because um a year before the Olympics, yeah, I broke my foot. Oh shit! And so I moved to Colorado Springs. Uh, help me! Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting like PTSD, vertigo from just thinking about it. And, yeah. Um. I when I moved there, I was like, I was just, I wanted to move there because I could work with her. Like everything was free, and I was poor. So like, yeah. what what could be better than that? Because it's the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. So I Got moved it. out there. And um, uh, one of the things that I did, because it was like I broke my foot, I'd be in this like cast and I'd be like on the stationary bike with like my one cast, my one good foot. And I'd just be watching like hours of drag race. And so this was like maybe like four or five years ago. And I just like loved it because it was it felt very much like my own life. life. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was the same competition, the same like the, everyone was doing what they loved. So I loved it. So obviously, like I've continued that within the quarantine. And it was fun because um, um, I know Denali. Yes. And um, when I did the Tyler Swift music video, um, Got Mick did my makeup oh. for the music video. So it was uh, a, a lot small of, gay world. That's it really was very what it is. small. Yes. Yeah, and you also made an appearance on Drag Race, too. Season 11 on the Reveal live stream you did as well, right? Bianca, 
yeah. disaster. Yes, that it was. A, that was a disaster. Oh wait, <laughs> I didn't see it, so you got to fill me Good. in. Okay, oh, no, let me, no, that was that was literal. That was uh the uh, it was a that was a disaster. Oh my god, wait, I'm I'm so excited to like talk about it. It was oh, please, that was please horrible. Do. Okay, so I uh yeah. <laughs> Okay, I have blood coming out of my ears right now. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Um, okay, so basically what happened was they asked if I wanted to, like, be a part of, like, the reveal. And I was like, that would would be amazing. Of course I'd love to be part of the reveal. So I, um... They, you know, wouldn't give me any information. They wouldn't tell me, like, who any of the queens were. So I didn't know who anybody was. Okay. Um, I, uh... Typical. (laughs) Typical. (laughs) Yeah. So I I judged that season. So I knew the queens, like, who were on the episode that I judged, but, like, very briefly. Like, I knew... I I remembered a few of them, but, like, it was towards the middle. So, like, I didn't know any of, like, the earlier queens. Right. So they go in, and so, like, I show up in the morning, and when I'm there, they're like, you're actually hosting this with Aquaria. Oh, God. And I was like, okay. Oh and th- and they're like, but she filmed all of her stuff, like, the day before. So and I was how like, is that gonna work? Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, so okay. I'm following th- you. And I was like, okay, well, then what am I doing? They're like, you're gonna sit down and interview all the queens. And as <gasps> soon as, like, they they told me that, I was like... I was Leonardo DiCaprio trying to get on the door uh, <laughs> to not sink and eventually knew I was going to die. And so it was uh, like, so the, I didn't, I really didn't know like what to like do. And it was like, I had to keep going back to like, they're like, okay, now back to you, Aquaria. And because everything was like recorded, like it would be like, okay, back to you, Aquaria. And then it would go to this like shot of Aquaria and she'd be like, that's sickening. And it was oh. like <laughs> the worst possible thing oh. I ever, ever could have done and i was like these poor fucking queens and because i'm i'm actually not well and i'm stupid so i asked them every single fucking question on the thing it was like five sample questions and i was just like going through them like i was interviewing them to like work at a macy's so it was they didn't they didn't prep you with this in advance to let you know that hey this is what we're doing and you're going to be talking freely with these girls who usually have not much they usually don't have much personality to begin with so it's that (laughs) tricky situation where you're talking to somebody and they have nothing to say I mean, were you just like feeling the pain as it's happening? Oh, babe, I was yeah. dying because as this was happening, it was like one. I was like, uh, I, I literally no idea what to do, and truly, I thought that they were going to make me do something stupid with them, or it was right. like play a game, or like you know, like take a picture, or like yeah. I don't know. I just thought it would be something so fucking dumb, and I would be like over in the corner, just being like. <laughs> Yeah. And, and instead they're like here's the mic it's a live stream go wild i was there for uh, three hours like no. I, that was the yeah it was truly i was in a complete blackout i was terry shivo oh and it was <laughs> and i and i was literally just in a coma it was <laughs> on on a live stream in a coma that's 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 wild no yeah, I mean, it was look, a mess i've dealt with these types of things before where they don't give you any information my problem i usually have is when someone comes up to me and they say we would love for you to do this event and let's say it's an established uh, event or or people and they're like we'd love for you to come out and talk about this and just keep it light keep it fun and don't say fuck or don't say shit or don't and all i think about is don't say fuck don't say shit don't say fuck don't say shit and that's what all that goes through my brain so i get really you know uh stumped when it comes to things like that so i always feel that live stuff is very tricky for me i can be live on stage with people but recording live stuff there's too much shit that could happen that makes me kind of crazy 
yeah, it's a mess. And also the other thing, it was like, you know, I, I'm not, I love, I love drag race and I yeah. love like, you know, l- everyone loves going to hamburger Mary's. Right. Right. So right. like, well, I love going to ha- well, speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> speak for yourself. <laughs> so like, you know, like I, I, I always enjoy it, but like, I'm not a drag queen. Right. No, 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 no. So, like, I don't know what to, like, ask. Like, they should have, I don't, I, I just, I was not, I should it, not have been doing that. The gig wasn't right, honey. It, the no. mini challenge was not for you. Yeah, no, it is, the, it, uh, it is a tricky thing, because also I find, ah, uh, that's kind of fascinating, me being old, is my idea <laughs> of drag is completely different than what these kids are doing now. I said, there's a huge difference between a drag queen, a reality star, uh, uh and a performer, you know? But I think that sometimes you get all three sometimes you don't you know now the world is a little different where everybody goes on the show they cry about their problems and they expect a crown and i guess that's fine but that's not really how the real world works you know what i mean it's yeah, like totally i'm gonna go buy a ticket to see that sad bitch that cries all the time like no that's not how this works so i do find that fascinating when they use that as a crutch you know what i mean yes yeah totally yeah so it, it is kind of disturbing so don't feel bad about drag queens and look look at it this way there's 900 seasons and 900 different franchises happening so no one is going to remember your moment on the season 11 reveal don't worry you're good uh, okay you're good great as long as, as as long as you don't remember it that's i all don't that, i that, you know what's that's all that matters to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be the headline of this whole podcast <laughs> that's what it's gonna be now i have to say on a serious note i see that you've recently gotten engaged i did yes. you did went to a young man in finland now all right yeah. let's just be specific here how the fuck is that working out with you because you're in los angeles right mm-hmm. yeah so you're here he's there pandemic yes. goes into a uh, full effect and what is that world like i mean now everything obviously is virtual which is kind of insane but what was the whole setup how did you get from point a to point b um, so, well, we met, uh, f- uh, I like 2016 or 2017. Okay. I was at a competition in Finland and okay. I was obviously incredibly focused on Tinder. Mm-hmm. And, um, we met <laughs> and we started like chatting and he was just, I was like, I'm never going to meet him. Yeah. So I was just like overtly honest about like when we would ask questions or talk yeah. about things. I just like didn't give a shit. Yeah. And we um, just really hit it off. And so like we started, like we maybe talked for like months, almost yeah. a year, I think, uh, before we met in person. Okay. And uh, when we met in person, it was just like, it, it just felt so easy. It was so great. And he's just, he's like the nicest, nicest, funniest, gives me a hard time person. Like he's exactly like really just teases me all the time, which is exactly what I need. Cause I'm, I, I need someone to bring it back down. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, when he was here, I guess over the holidays, like in 2019. Okay. Um, because we were just kind of like going back and forth, which ended up, you know, we, we ended up spending a lot of time together. That's good. Um, and then, um, when we were, when we, when he was over here in 2019 over the holidays, we were talking and we were like, maybe we should, you know, think about like, I one was like, I have no, I don't care to ever get married. I don't really. So it wasn't a requirement. You weren't, you weren't, you weren't that little gay on the ice skating rink going, I just need to find my man. My life is going to be good. (laughs) The only thing missing is a veil. And so I, a veil goes great with my metal. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And so I, um, you know, it never, it was never something that I was like, oh, I really want to get married. But with like, with JP, I yeah. just was like, it makes total sense. Yeah. And now would, that you're and, old and, and retired. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, you got to start <laughs> right. thinking about the future. Got to get those kids yeah. while you can. 
And so I, uh, we talked about it and we were like, we should do it this summer because oh. um, he wanted to like, uh, he would move to LA. Yeah. Um, Finland is amazing, but like there's just, there's just a lot more opportunities in yeah. California and the US. So he, he was always really excited to move out here. And then um, he left to go back to Finland uh, middle of January of 2020. Mm-hmm. And I was going to go visit him in like April. And all of a sudden, like everything Ooh. was shut down. And we were like, oh, I guess we're not getting married this summer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ooh, that's real smooth on JP's part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me, yeah. Let's talk about marriage and then have a world pandemic. <laughs> let's see if it happens. Yeah. 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 Okay. He, uh, he was like, let's talk about marriage. And then he went to Wuhan and made out with that bat. And then oh. it was just all over. It was totally over after that was weird um anything to get out of it yeah (laughs) exactly and so uh we (laughs) we just like you know obviously we kind of found our rhythm of like the time change is 10 hours so my my morning is his night his night is my morning i think it's easier than talking trying to like keep up with somebody in new york yeah oh yes yes that three hours is the three hours fuck with you big time because if it you know if it's seven o'clock at night here you're just like oh they're probably in bed you know well my people are at the age they are but yeah it it does fuck with you and and you know when you wake up here at 6 a.m i mean i'm like fuck i've already missed three hours of the day i don't know what's going on you know it it is uh, i do understand your pain but yes so the communication 10 hours apart you're going through it you're dealing with it as you were during the pandemic um, yeah, it was it was easy. And so like we decided that like if we were just waiting like that, what what we didn't want to do initially was to apply for a K-1 visa. We wanted yeah. to like him to come over for him to for us to get married here. Yeah. And um, then apply for everything like that way. Yes. Um, but then when we were just waiting, we were like, we should just apply for the K-1 because we didn't want to do that because it can take like. It's like 10 months almost of like where he's not allowed over here. Yeah, the process is pretty, you know, my friend uh, Jinx Monsoon just got married uh, and it's kind of like the same situation. Her husband is from the UK as well. And he had spent some time here and I guess the whole back and forth process of three months and a visa and blah, blah, blah and all that madness. And they're going through it now because I just assumed that he was living here in Los Angeles. She's like, oh, no, no, no. Now he's got to go back for a period of time and then they got to clear it up. I'm like, this is some shit. I can't even get anybody in any country to like me. So this is, I'm like, <laughs> Jinx is getting married. Adam has his husband, and here I am sitting <laughs> Baby, in my you house just doing go podcasts. Abroad, That's abroad it. on Tinder. That's, That's it. Oh, it. on Tinder. Oh God, I don't know if I could do it. It's bad enough. Even when I've been on Grinder, people just send me ha 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 ha. Is this really you? That's my favorite when I get that as a as a message. So. It's oh, challenging. I bet, you know, I bet, you know, nobody cared who I was. I was just some an annoying twink-looking kid. So yeah. it just didn't matter, which I still am. Yeah, which well, is... of course you are. Yes, <laughs> right. yes. <laughs> Part of being a twink is saying it out loud and believing it. Yes, that's good. That's good. And I do wholeheartedly. <laughs> <laughs> a twink who's retired and soon to get married. So, I mean, how, uh-huh. has, how has the retirement from skating changed your world? Like, literally, I mean, when you, like I said before, if do you consider it like I'm not competing? anymore do you still skate on a regular basis or is the schedule a little more flexible i mean it's got to be part of your passion i would assume that somewhere every now and then you're like well let me put on the skates and twirl around totally yeah i think like i um at first i was like i don't want to have anything to do with this anymore like i if i want to move on and do other things like i can't be doing this anymore um and then 
once I, you know, had a little bit of time away from it, I was like, you know, it's this one, like, I, I'm good at it. Yeah. I have a lot of knowledge. I enjoy working with other kids. I enjoy being there. So, like, if I have time, I go into the rink and I'll, I'll work with some kids. But it's obviously not my focus. I'm not, yeah. like, consistent enough to go into the rink. Um, and I, I think, I mean, you know, like, with all this entertainment stuff, it's like, it's so... It, it, it either like nothing is like super planned out and then happens. It's always uh -huh. like it's like a, in two weeks you're like, oh, I have something coming up now. It's, Correct. It feels very inconsistent. And like when I was skating, like I, years in advance, I could like look at the schedule and be like, I know when nationals are. I yeah. know when the world championships are. And it was just like you you lived your life around dates that you knew existed. A schedule, uh, this schedule that exists, and you know that this is all I've got going on to get from point A to point B, and I'm going to do all of the. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I get it. I get it. Totally. And yeah. so, like, I would say the inconsistency of my new schedule is is interesting because like you know it you know if i was had to get in shape for something it was like i knew i was getting in shape for something like months or a year later or something so like to prepare for something that you don't know when it is or what's coming it's it's interesting but like i've i've learned to like enjoy it i've yeah. learned to to like it i've learned to like find my own like motivations to 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 um you know stay in touch with like who i am and to stay like interested and, and excited about things so i i um the skating it helps really balance it out because yeah. it's like nice to kind of go back to that world and um I feel like for a lot of the younger kids who are competing or trying to make an Olympic team for the first time, I feel like I have a lot of knowledge to like help them and just like really just kind of break it down and be like, it's not just to kind of help them through the process. Cause it can feel like it, it's so it takes over your whole entire life. And well, it's it, a huge commitment. I mean, it's a huge commitment to, to perfection and to discipline. I think that's the crazy thing. I mean, and aside from you even going in and doing the Olympics and being successful, you won Dancing with the Stars. Like, how, 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 how? Talk to me. <laughs> I mean, like, how, how challenging are the two of those together? I guess footwork is one of the things and just, you know, counts and, and that kind of madness. But how did that differ from your regular Olympic training? I think, um, uh, you know, obviously one was like a six week experience and yeah. one was like a 25 year. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I would say the, the thing is, is that like, um, it, when I got to do the dancing with the stars, it was, I, I had such a great time and I, and I danced with Jenna Johnson on the show and she's one of the best dancers I've ever met. She's just so fantastic of a person and all of that. And. I was very lucky to be with somebody who just was so great. And it just felt like a continuation of like my Olympic experience because it was a few weeks after the Olympics that Which I started doing. You just go, what the fuck? You're like, hey, I'm on it. I'm doing it. I'm running. I'm, I'm making magic happen. Totally. It yeah. was just sort of like, okay, like, let's just do it. Um, the experience of like, I think like the only thing that I had that was like uh, valuable going into that event was that, that event, the, the reality show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that event. No, um, no, like no, it's a pageant. Yeah, um, <laughs> your big moment. Mm -hmm. Your yeah. big moment to shine. Um, was that, you know, I had uh, performed to music before and I'd worn a costume. But other than that, it was like holding a girl. Yeah. LOL. <laughs> Um, like, you know, dancing, <laughs> like dancing with someone else. Cause you know, like when I'm performing, it's like, if I'm off the music, I can make it seem like I'm on the music. Like yeah. I can just do my own fucking thing. But yeah. like, you know, when you're with someone else, you cannot do that. Yeah. Surprisingly. A professional girl, a professional <laughs> dancing girl. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. So it was, um, it was uh, honestly like my, 
takeaway from that is that like, do I know how to dance any better? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Because it's like you basically it's like learning a new language. Yes. But they only teach you a few sentences. Got it. So the only thing you know are those few sentences in that language. And then you move on to the next language. So it's like, did I really learn anything? No. Yeah. Not at no. all. No, I hear exactly what you're saying. It's that you're just kind of coming in, you're getting a snippet of what the samba is, and that's you know that one routine samba. You're not gonna be going on cruise ships and tearing the dance floor up. It's not that type of thing. You're not gonna you're not gonna use this in your everyday life. This was a little moment in time on the show, one episode. I got yes. you. I got you. But yeah. it was it was great. I mean, like, I had literally so much fun doing it. I enjoyed it so much. It was great. No, I think I think what's great, I, I would assume that someone who is an athlete can actually probably comprehend dancing a lot better than than most, you know, because as we were discussing, it, it does require that certain part of the brain, I think. But there's some people who just have no hope whatsoever that I watched them. What's the time? Who was the one that I saw on? Jerry Springer was on there. That killed me when I saw Jerry Springer on Dancing with the start i'm like this i don't need to see him dancing but if you call that <laughs> dancing you know it's kind of like that you know yeah. seizure, seizure movement but it is what people do uh when they're drunk at a wedding reception yeah totally well we're gonna take a short break and we'll be back with adam Ripon in a minute And we're back with Adam Rippon, and we are chatting about everything life, talking about everything gay, all of his successes, also him on Dancing with the Stars, but we failed to mention the one important thing, which was on the Academy Awards red carpet, when you were wearing your little harness, living it, living it. Now, I don't think anybody's (laughs) worn a harness since Whoopi Goldberg, so this was quite interesting fashion choice to go out there boldly and say, hey, here I am, looking stylish and fabulous. What brought you to that? To that look, what made you say, hey, this is what I want to do? Well, I mean, it's, I was really lucky because uh, Jeremy Scott, who mm-hmm. is incredible, amazing, um, was dressing me for the Oscars. And he basically gave me a bunch of these like options. And of course, like, I was like, I'm going to the Oscars. Nobody's going to fucking care. So I can do, like, nobody's going to like pay attention at all. Little did and you know. Little like, did you know. When yeah. I, when, when I, I, like the night after I was like, oh my God, it was literally like, it was all over the place. Um, yeah. and I was like, I truly was just like, cause you know, like I was going to the Oscar. So it was like, I'm one of the first people on the carpet. So it's like, you know, like they, all of like the bigger people, they like come in two minutes before everything's supposed right. to happen. So like, I'm basically there. I'm, I came in maybe five minutes. If I was there five minutes earlier, they would have hand me a vacuum. <laughs> To start like getting it ready, like I was there that early. Yeah, you were good to go. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So I was like, this is you know, I'm just like I was having fun, and um, of course, like when I was there with Jeremy, like there was another stylist with us, and Jeremy's like handing me all this stuff, and like one thing, it was like this like purple suit with like flames all over it. I'm like, Jeremy, I don't care, I'll wear fucking whatever. So he hands me this harness, and he's like, don't wear a shirt, and then like I'm like, okay, uh, whatever, (laughs) and then the stylist is like, you have to wear a shirt, it's the Oscars, and I was like, okay, well, if you say so. So, like, I, we were just having fun 
fun with it. And right. um, I, you know, I was like, nobody's going to give a shit. Like, I can wear whatever I want. And then all of a sudden, it was Cut like to, all over the place. Yeah. Cut to everybody going, what? Honey, gay, fierce. And how do you, I mean, I'm, I'm curious, though, in this scenario, because, you know, as you said, through all of this, you're trying to just being yourself and having a good time. How do you deal with the the negative and positive praise uh, or, or comments that come your way? Because, I mean, it, it has to be a struggle, especially, you know, I, I always talk about the gay community, which I always think mm-hmm. is a funny a funny word when they say community, because I've never been to a community meeting where there's a bunch of gays <laughs> and we discuss 100%. serious topics like Nicole Kidman's wigs. <laughs> but in theory, I go, it is fascinating to me because I find on many levels, sometimes the gay audience or gay voices will say, you're gay, you're proud, use your platform. And then they say, oh, you're doing too much, not about that, it should be about this. How do you manage that? For instance, here you are thinking, I'm just going to the Oscars and I'm wearing this and you know something that I like, something that they gave me, blah, blah, blah. What was the response you got from people? Was it negative? Was it positive? Was it just like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? It's just a harness, you know? It, it was a, a little bit of everything. Yeah. There was a lot of positive. There was a lot of like, that is so disrespectful and oh, like, okay. whatever. Yeah. But like, I think uh, also I, I d- like, you know, obviously... Um, big fan of the LGBTQs. Yeah. Big fan of them. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but like, I don't, you know, like part of the, like the community thing, it, it is funny. Like yes. I just, you know, like I, I feel like basically I, if I do something, the thing I think of like, are, will my friends think it's cool? Sure. Will my friends think it's funny? Yeah. And um, I think like, I'm really like what I've really enjoyed and what's been really fun is that I feel like the people that I attract who like follow me, who like write to me, um, they feel, you know, a lot of them feel like people that I would be friends with and sure. that like get my sense of humor. And, and I, and that really helps me because like when there are people who like don't like what I'm doing or, or, you know, aren't fans of it, I'm like, that's okay because they don't need to be because the people who are like, they, they like it and I like it. And yeah. if I like it, that's, that's all that really matters. Sometimes it's like easier said than done, but like, I, who fucking cares? I agree. I agree. I find that, you know, especially by any form of, of publicity or, or in the public eye on some level, someone's going to fucking hate you. And I don't care. I can't truly care that they hate me. I'm not for everyone. And if I thought that everybody was going to like me, then I would be like Nina West, you know, which I am, <laughs> I am not. Uh, but it's that kind of a thing. I don't need to be liked by everyone and everything. And my little journey and my my approach is not up for discussion, I find, uh, when it comes to that. The choices I make and the things that I do, you can say you don't like something, you can say it's not funny. That's cool. Not a problem, you know? But there is no barometer for what's funny. What may be funny not to you is funny to someone else, you know? Totally. I think the thing that I always focus on is that, like, I I always do, I, whatever I do or, like, anything that I'm like getting ready for, I always try to make sure that it's something that I actually think is funny Yeah. rather than like something that I think people will think is funny. Ah, that makes sense. Um, yeah. And because I think like that sort of like it reads when I think you you're doing something that you think people will think is funny. And yeah. it's like kind of a lesson I learned like if, through my skating career that like when I was doing things that I thought people would like, usually they would like it not as much as things that I did because I thought that because I liked. Yeah. Um, And so like when I keep it and I keep the focus there, it's just like, you know, it's just this, it's a, 
smaller bubble to like live within that sometimes reaches like more people. Well, I also think it's being true to yourself. You know, if that's what gets you up in the morning, if that's the vision you have, or if that's the idea that you want to go with, you run with it and say, hey, this is it. I own it. I'm out there experiencing it. And whoever doesn't like it, go fuck themselves. I agree. I agree. Totally. Completely. Yes. And everyone should die. You know, that's the other thing I think about. And, too. and the thing is, is everyone will die. I know, but not fast enough. You know, you ever have that <laughs> moment? I, I often say that to people. It's like, I always say, you know, when someone says something <laughs> shitty about you, you just go, don't worry, they're going to die one day. But it's really fucked up if I die first, because I'm like, oh, damn. Because <laughs> you never got to enjoy it. I didn't get to enjoy it. The one hole in my plan, it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. <laughs> well, I cannot thank you for talking to me today. I truly appreciate you coming on and chit-chatting with me. I know you're busy with all the things you've got going on all the secret projects we can't talk about but i'm wishing you the best of luck for everything that's to come out soon and i hope to see you in person someday soon when this whole quarantine thing is over and i'll expect my invitation to the wedding that's all i got 100 percent, you got yeah. it and i it's will gonna do say, I, will... I hope you do something good in your life yeah come to the I... wedding <laughs> and you know what <laughs> i will come and do the live red carpet for your wedding so i can show you how it's done as i interview each guest because that's what you need at a gay wedding you need a bunch of drag queens with a microphone that'll ruin that's, it yeah that's yeah. what i want i want my wedding ruined yeah well i'm there for it you know the, I'm, I'm the right uh, bitch i'm the okay. right bitch good well, good 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 well best of luck my dear thank you so much for taking the time today and i hope to see you soon my pleasure thanks Mwah. Bianca. take care Avenue, a, podca- <clears throat> a podcast network.